Tonight we are kind of starting a new series of discussions uh, entitled Made for More. Made for More. And uh, really the idea behind this was to discuss the purpose of us being here on planet Earth. A lot of us, maybe you've been introspective at some point in your life. Maybe you've asked yourself the question, why am I here? Has anyone asked yourself, like, just kind of generically, like, why, why am I here? Why did God create me? What's the big deal? And so for the next few weeks, we're going to discuss um, our purpose. We're going to go on a journey to discovering our purpose. And if you follow us on Instagram, you know that la- yesterday we asked the question. We just opened up the forum, and uh, we asked everyone a question. I'm on earth too. We are on earth too. And I want to show you guys some of the answers. They're really good. So let's just go through these real quick. Our purpose on earth is to serve God and serve people. It's cute. Next, serve and praise God, love others and lead others to Christ. Come on. All right, next, live, love and look like Jesus. Maddie Slack, come on. Really Christian of you. That's our slogan. Okay, so to love and bring joy. That's awesome. Next, to share the gospel with others. That's great. Our purpose on earth is to spread his word. Awesome. Our purpose on earth is to be a witness and live for Jesus. Such a Christian. Next. All right. Our purpose on earth is to spread the gospel and be a representation of how God loves people. I like that. It's the biggest word that we got. Spread God's message and serve for him. Awesome. Be what we want to see more of in the world. Dot, dot, dot. Jesus! Okay. <laughs> to tell the lost and confused about our Lord and his amazing kingdom that's waiting for them in heaven. All right. Next. Change the world. Easy. Love it. To share the word of Christ. To be like Jesus in order to spread his love. We got a lot of responses, by the way. So uh, to be like Jesus in order to spread his love and joy to others. Great response. To spread love and the word of God through fr- friends, family, school, and church. Awesome. Our purpose on earth is to serve God. Our purpose on earth is to serve God, again, to the best of our abilities and give him, misspelled abilities, but I'm not going to judge you, and to give him all the glory. And then here's the really, this is the only one that actually quoted a scripture. You all fail. I know who did this too. To love your Lord, your God, with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said those are the two most important commandments that we have. The only person that actually quoted scripture. Congratulations. The rest of you lose. No, I'm just kidding. Those are really great answers. Um, and so what we're going to do for the next few weeks is, is discuss what is our purpose here? What are we made to do? Um, and, and I, I want to take a moment and just kind of talk to you guys about why this is so important. Because there are so many people in your life, in your schools, in your homes that have lost a sense of purpose. I think we, the numbers for suicide and the numbers for attempted suicide and self-harm are going through the roof. And it's because people have lost hope for their lives. People have lost a sense of purpose for their lives. But I'm here to tell you tonight that if you have a pulse, you have a purpose. If you have a pulse, you have a purpose. And so for the next few weeks, we're going to discuss why are we here? What is our purpose? So tonight is the part one. Do you have your Bibles? Did you bring your Bible? We're going to be in John chapter three. John chapter 3, we're going to be in verse 22. Hey, Zach, can I get you to come sit in that seat right there? John chapter 3, do you have it? Do you have it? It's in the New Testament. John chapter 3, we're going to be in verse 22. It's going to be on the sky bowl behind me if you don't have your Bible, the sky Bible. Here we go. Verse 22. Uh, Then Jesus and his disciples left Jerusalem. 
And they went into the Judean countryside. Jesus spent some time with them there, baptizing people. Now, a little context. John chapter 3, Jesus is doing what he did a lot during his ministry. Is he walked around the area side telling people about the kingdom of God. In fact, John chapter 3, maybe you've heard the most famous verse in the Bible, John 3.16. Can you quote it? For God so loved the world, he gave his only son. Whoever believed in him would never die, but have it... All those things. That's great. You guys are Bible scholars. That's amazing. So that happens just before we are. So Jesus is doing this, and he just left his disciples. And a lot of people are coming to Jesus for baptism. So verse 23 says, At this time, John the Baptist, a little historical context, John the Baptist is Jesus' cousin, real-life cousin. So Jesus' mom, Mary, had a sister. The sister was John the Baptist's mom. Cool, huh? So John the Baptist is literally Jesus' cousin. At this time, John the Baptist was baptizing at Aon near Salim because there was plenty of water there. People kept coming to him for baptism. This, of course, was before John was thrown into prison and, spoiler alert, died a really gruesome death. That's awesome. You can read about it later. As debate broke out between John's disciples and a certain Jew over ceremonial cleansing. So John's disciples came to him and said, Rabbi, the man you met on the other side of the Jordan River, the one who identified as the Messiah, the Christ, the Savior... Jesus is also baptizing people, and everybody is going to him instead of coming to us. Verse 27, John replied, no one can receive anything unless God gives it from heaven. You yourselves know how plainly I told you. I didn't hide anything from you. I plainly told you that I am not the Messiah. I am only here to prepare the way for him. It is the bridegroom who marries the bride, and the bridegroom's friend is simply glad to stand with him at his side and hear his vows. Therefore, I am filled with the joy at his success. He must become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. He must become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. Um, I want to title tonight's message, so if you're, if you're taking notes, the title of tonight's message is More Than Me. More Than Me is the title of it. And um, have you ever met a celebrity? Have you met a celebrity before, like Ray's? Who, who have you met? Case Keenum. I wouldn't call him a celebrity because he stinks right now. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. That's awesome. Abilene guy. Joe Jonas? What did he say? Just, he said yes. That's not true. We'll pray for your lying later. Who else? Who'd you meet? Shawn Michaels. That's wrestler. Who'd you meet? I don't care. Yeah. Jennifer Lopez. That's pretty epic. Anyone else? Price? Who? Oh, gosh. Okay. I, that's right. Writer of Despicable Man is pretty cool. So I'm, I'm not going to lie. I've met a celebrity. I don't meet many celebrities, but recently, March 19th, 2018, was a memorable day for me. I met a celebrity, and uh, by met, I mean I mostly stalked this celebrity. Um, we were in the airport. We were flying back from Los Angeles back to Dallas, and uh, the, the whatever the person at the gate called for people, you know, first class, veterans, and whoever families go up to the gate, you get on first. And so I'm sitting in my seat and I look up and I, I see someone in the line getting onto the plane that I'm getting onto. And I actually have a video of it, so show it. You're in fun. May I have your attention please? All travelers, if any unknown. Do y'all know who that is? Zeke Elliott. Zeke Elliott, running back for the Dallas Cowboys. Do y'all know this? Do you follow the Dallas Cowboys? Me neither, because they're terrible. Anyway, so Zeke Elliott, Zeke Elliott is getting onto my plane. 
And like, I don't know how you guys would interact with celebrities. You probably think it's a huge deal, but like, they're just normal people. Like they just make, they're normal people with tons of money, but they're normal people. So I was super chill about this. That's a lie. I freaked out. Like legit, like lost control of my mind and my body functions. And that's not weird. Uh, anyway, so he gets on the plane. I get on the plane as well. They're all sitting down. He's in first class, obviously. And to get, you have to go past first class to get to the not first class in the back. And he's standing, he's sitting right here. And I'm thinking, this is my moment. I could say something to him. Of course, I'm like freaking out. Should I say something to him? Zeke Elliott's a Dallas Cowboys. Oh my gosh, he's so famous. But Brayden, you got to play cool. Like, don't be weird about this. But it's Zeke Elliott right there. Brayden, be cool. So what do I do? The line starts moving. And I, I like compromise on myself like, you're awesome, Zeke. Okay, where's my seat? Where's my seat? The most awkward thing I've ever done. I sit down. Have you ever like done something and you look back and you're like, that was the dumbest thing I could have ever done. That's all, all the time for me. But in that moment, I was sitting in my seat like, what in the world happened to me just then? Anyways, we have a great flight back to Dallas and uh, we're near the front so I can like, I've got my eye on Zeke the whole time. Like that's my boy. So we get up and we're about to deplane the plane and uh, we all stand up at the same time. And my thought is, me and Zeke are going to be best friends right now. God has created me for this moment. Zeke Elliott, you and me about to be tight. And so literally, my wife knows and will tell you I'm not exaggerating. Like, I'm thinking like, Mandy, good luck. You're on your own. I'll see you later. Love you so much. But Zeke Elliott, like that's where my mind was at that moment. Zeke Elliott gets off the plane. And I, no joke, I'm like this close behind him the whole time. Like going through, like people are freaking out. They're like, Zeke Elliott. Like, Zeke Elliott. No joke. And so we get to baggage claim. We get to baggage claim, and he's got tons of baggage. Like, I guess when you're famous, you can have, like, separate bags for, like, underwear and shirts and socks, like, massive bags. So he's got, like, seven bags of luggage. No joke. And so I'm, like, trying to, like, stay far enough where I'm, like, playing it cool, but, like, close enough to, like, <laughs> Zeke Elliott. <laughs> so he's, like, chilling, not even paying attention to anyone. And so we get our luggage. He's got, like, his seven bags of luggage, and I'm thinking, okay, we're about to leave this airport. Now's my time. Now's my time. So I go up, and I play it so smooth. I go, hey, man, uh, you need help with your, your bags? Guys, Zeke Elliott, like, looked me in the eyes. He looked at me. Me, Braden Collum of Abilene, Texas. Zeke Elliott, Dallas Cowboy, a lot of money. He looked at me in the eyes, and he said to me, no, I'm good, man. Okay, cool. Thanks. Okay, we're going to go now. I'll see you later. Okay, bye. And then I'm like walking out. I'm like, we just shared a moment. Like me and Zeke, like we just became best friends. He's going to win the Super Bowl in like 2072. And he's going to look back and say, this is for you, weird guy at the airport. This is for you. But I met Zeke Elliott. And we're best friends as far as I'm concerned. Isn't it weird how we are so, we're so drawn to famous people? Anyone else felt that before? Like, we're just so drawn and intrigued by famous people. And more than that, we're so drawn to fame at some level. Many of us are drawn to the idea of fame. Last week, I was in Colorado. I wasn't here. I was in Colorado. And we went shopping. For those who don't know, I love shopping. My wife's not a huge shopper. I love to shop. Don't judge me. Anyways, so we go to Urban Outfitters because I'm trying to be cool and hip. Hence the skinny jeans. <laughs> Anyways, we go to Urban Outfitters, and I go upstairs because the men's section's upstairs, and they have like a table of knickknacks, like cameras and posters and weird stuff at Urban Outfitters. Anyway, so on the table, there's a book, and on the book, it says, read this book if you want to be Instagram famous. The title of the book, read this book if you want to be Instagram famous. And I thought, that's, that's incredible. 
Like, what a brilliant name for a book. What a brilliant name for a book. Because what better way to capture someone's attention in our generation today than say, hey, you, you can be famous at blank if you do this. How for you to be famous at blank? I didn't have time to like read the book. We were like flying through that thing. So I didn't have time, but I did go home and Google it later. And I I read a few tips on how to be Instagram famous. I'm going to share with you now. Uh, The first tip it says, there's actually really good tips. The first tip is just take better photos. That's it. Better photos. Be likable on social media. Be likable on Instagram. And three, this is going to squash all your dreams, y'all. Less selfies. Oh, that hurt. That hurt someone. Less selfies. So, I'm ruining the book for you. You want to be Instagram famous, number one, better photos. Number two, be likable. Number three, less selfies. And I thought, man, they did a really good job at talking to those who want to be Instagram. I mean, how many of us would say the same? Like, we have some desire, whether it's Instagram or not, we have some desire to be famous. We think the, the reality is of fame, our desire for fame really is just our desire to be known by people. At the end of the day, our desire for fame is to be known by people. We think that fame will bring us the opportunity for people to hear our voice, to feel noticed, and to feel valued. We think that fame will, will, will bring us an opportunity to feel worth and bring us an opportunity to fulfill our purpose. But I'm here to tell you tonight that fame might provide us pleasure, but fame will not provide us purpose. Being well-known, being applauded by men might provide you temporary pleasure, but it will not provide you purpose. See, that's something I constantly struggle with. I don't know if you knew this or not, but I'm really outgoing. I'm really extroverted. I like being dumb and goofy. Um, Growing up, I was an actor. I like love being on the stage. I love the spotlight. I love people watching me. And now for a living, guess what I get to do? I get to be on a stage with the spotlight, with people watching me and listening to me, and laughing at my hilarious jokes. It's amazing. It's awesome and incredible. But what happens is that I catch myself being so consumed by this. So consumed with what what are people thinking about me? What are people saying about me? They're laughing at my jokes. I'm on stage. They're paying attention to me. And it's so easy for me to get so consumed with this that I begin to base my entire world around me. But what happens when the lights fade away? What happens when the the crowds go away? What happens when the Instagram likes stop coming? Suddenly what I've built my purpose on is no longer there. And there's something deep within all of us. There's something deep within me at that moment that says maybe life is about something more than me. Maybe life is about something more than me. That's why I love John chapter 3. See, in the midst of John the Baptist being known, and John the Baptist was famous. Like, he was well known. Everybody knew him. Then this dude named Jesus shows up on the scene. And his disciples, John the Baptist had disciples, and his disciples go up. It's like, dude, this Jesus guy is stealing your people. They're going to him to get baptized. They're stealing your thunder. They're stealing your popularity. People aren't coming to you as much. They're actually coming to him. And I love what John the Baptist says. He says, no, 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 no. It's not about me. It's about him. Everything I've done, all of my words, all of my actions, my entire life has been to point to him. You know what your greatest purpose is? 
you know what you were made to do? You were made to make him famous. You weren't made to be famous. You weren't made to be well known by the masses. No, in fact, the opposite. You were made to make him famous. Every moment of every day at the top of your agenda should be pointing to Jesus. When I'm old, gray, and dying, I hope they engrave on my tombstone. He became less and less so that Jesus could become greater and greater. We were, we were made for our lives to point to Jesus. And here's what I want you to understand about that. A life of pointing to Jesus requires a life of humility. That's a word we don't like, humility. Verse 28, John chapter 3, John replied, You yourselves know that I have plainly told you, I am not the Messiah. Like, let's stop right there. Like, like, let's just soak on that sentence right there. Some of y'all need to hear this sentence. I am not the Messiah. I need some of you, turn to your neighbor and say, hey, neighbor, neighbor. you are not the Messiah. Ooh, that neighbor didn't like that. Turn to your other neighbor and say, other neighbor. You better believe me, you are not the Messiah. (laughs) See, some of us in this room, some of us in this room, myself included, some of us in this room, on occasion, myself included, need the cute little fun reminder that you are not Jesus. People do not need They don't need your hope. I'll put it that way. People don't need your hope. You are not the Messiah. You know what the world needs? Less people giving their opinions. Less cute little blog posts about politics. The world needs less selfies, less books about how to be a better you, less fame. The world needs actually less of you and more of Jesus. And it requires humility. See, the truth about following Jesus is that it's very costly. It will cost you your time. It will cost you your attention. It will cost you popularity. It will cost you relationship. And it will cost you comfort. It's going to cost you. But here's the thing. If life isn't about you in the first place, that should be no big deal. It's going to cost you everything. But if you don't live your life as if you're the center of it, it shouldn't be a big deal. But how many of us are so hesitant to give up our time? How many of us are so hesitant to give up our finances? How many of us are so hesitant to give up our schedule for the sake of Jesus? See, the world needs less of us and more of us. And it requires humility. You know what the opposite of humility is? Pride. Pride. The opposite of humility is pride. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this phrase down. Pride prohibits praise. Pride prohibits praise. Here's what I mean by that. If your life is characterized by pride, if your life is characterized being revolving around yourself, everything I do is about myself, everything I talk about is about myself. You know those people? Are you that person who all you talk about is yourself? If all you ever do, if your life is revolving around you and your self-centeredness, it will be impossible for your life to revolve around Jesus. Your pride will prohibit your ability to praise him. Because following Jesus requires that everything revolve around him. John says, I'm not Jesus. When they come to him, he's like, no, 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 I'm not Jesus. I'm not the Messiah. 
I'm only here to point to him. Wouldn't it be, like, can you imagine what would happen if our lives began to reflect that? Like, if our motto began, it's not about me, it's about Jesus. Can you imagine what would happen in our lives and in our schools? You want to know what you were made for? You want to know what your purpose is? Your purpose is to continually point to Jesus. The ultimate goal of your life should be to continually point to Jesus. In your sports, point to Jesus. In your schoolwork, point to Jesus. In your words, point to Jesus. In the way you speak to your parents, point to Jesus. In the way you treat your siblings, point to Jesus. The things that you're doing with your boyfriend and girlfriend when no one's watching, does it point to Jesus? The things that you're watching on the internet when no one is looking, does it point to Jesus? The social media accounts that you're looking on and following when no one's looking, does it point to Jesus? Does everything you do, everything you say, does it all point to Jesus? You know why it's important to point to Jesus? Look what John says in verse 36. This is why it's so important for our lives to point to Jesus. John says, anyone who believes in God's son has eternal life. You want to know why John was so adamant about saying, it's not about me, it's about Jesus. It's because John knew that he was not the savior. John knew that he was not the Messiah. People didn't need the hope of John. He wasn't the key to eternal life. Jesus is. Jesus said, he is the way, the truth, the life, and no one knows the Father. No one gets eternal life except through Jesus. And if our greatest hope, if our greatest desire is for people to know Jesus, then why in the world do we spend so much of our lives promoting ourselves? If our goal is to point to Jesus, everything we should do, everything we should say should point to Jesus. Why in the world do we spend so much of our time promoting ourselves? Our lives should point to Jesus. Do you keep up with the news? Have you kept up with the news lately? I don't know if you know this or not, but we're in election season. And uh, there's a lot of fuss on TV. My goodness. There's a lot of fuss on Twitter. Holy cow. There's a ton of it. Um, But let me tell you that our hope is not in the Democratic Party. Our hope is not in the Republican Party. Our hope is not in the Libertarian or Independent or Tea or Dance Party. It's in none of those things. Our hope is not in who is in the White House. Our hope is not who is on Capitol Hill. Now listen to me. It's important to vote. If you're old enough to vote... My goodness, vote for when you guys get older and can vote. My goodness, vote. We have an extraordinary opportunity to express our voice in who represents us. My goodness, vote. Do it. Vote. But I'm here to tell you tonight that our hope is forever and always Jesus. Not anyone who's in the White House, not anyone who's in Capitol Hill, not anyone who's in the mayor's office. None of them hold our hope. Our hope is forever and always Jesus. And our purpose, our goal in life, for those of us who follow him, our purpose is to point to him, to make him famous. That's what we're made for. Let's pray.